the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If they're reliable, like my co-host, they keep track of your show because I find it hard. I'm not a details guy. I'm a big picture person, and I'm not very neat and tidy. But somebody who actually knows how many episodes we've had is the Baron. Boris, is it possible this is episode 14 of the Baron? 14. It is? It is episode 14. That's crazy. Time is flying. Just two seconds ago, we said. I felt like we've done maybe four of these. How about you? I know. It was two seconds ago. We're like, oh, wow, we're already (laughs) on number three. We're number eight. We're number, you know, now we're 14. And, you know, I love them. I look forward to it all week long. You and I go back and forth a little on text, you know, about what we're seeing. What we're going to talk about. But really, my wife actually asked me over lunch today, uh, and she said, how much prep do you guys do? Do you scoop it out? Hours. I thought, oh, yeah, all day. Don't you tell her that you, you hide away in your office for hours? You're hours. on Skype calls with, with, yes. with Gorka planning for the show? Yes. And, and everybody, Jeff, Eric, Shad, everybody's on it. We're just talking about it for hours and hours. Stop but laughing, think- Shad. Stop laughing. I can see him right now tittering in his little box. Stop it. But I think, you know. We don't the- need to. We don't need to. That's we have our finger on the pulse, don't That's we? That's right. That's right. That's the beauty of this, and that's why it's so enjoyable. And that's why we're getting such a great reception. And now we're listening to the people, and we're giving them a little bit of a longer time today, which is, I think, important, too. Yes, and and let me just, for those who are just tuning in now or catching up with the last 13 and don't know anything about the Genesis, we have this podcast because we were just having too much fun on my radio show. That's right. Because you'd come in every week. You'd sit down in studio for a couple of segments. We'd we'd talk about current events, about domestic politics. You would put things into historic context, give your eye as a legal immigrant to the United States like myself. And we always ran out of time. And we thought we need to have, and you are so good at it. I think you need to have your own podcast. And I'm waiting to see the Barron's podcast. But in the meantime, we created the Battle for 1600, our free show every week where we sit down and we get to talk in more detail about the issues that we covered during the week and some things that we just don't have time for. He's Boris Epstein. You've got to follow him on Twitter, Boris EP. He's on the advisory committee for the Trump 2020 campaign. My former colleague from the White House, former special assistant to the president, President Trump, former campaign individual, worked on inauguration committees, you name it. Uh, Boris, we have so much to discuss today. Um, I I don't know about you, but for me, look, I I worked in the White House too. Um, I've been a public figure 
you know, a, 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 not celebrity, whatever, a media figure for a couple of years now. So I thought I was pretty cynical enough. I, I thought I was, what is the phrase, hard-bitten. But I didn't really realize the moral cupidity, the, the turpitude, the, the moral lack of compass of the left until this week. And that's not an exaggeration. But when I see opinion pieces in today's New York Times, when I see tweets from women who say that they are feminists, like Lisa Bloom, who just two days ago said, I believe Tara Reid. I believe that you were raped by Joe Biden, but it's more important to defeat Donald Trump. I'm voting for Joe. Isn't that a clarifying moment, Boris Epstein? Sure, absolutely. It shows just how cynical, just how cynical the Democratic Party is, just how cynical the left is. It shows what we always knew all along, that that these false allegations and the screaming of Me Too at the top of their lungs against Justice Kavanaugh was just a cudgel. It was just a political tool to try and get rid of a supremely qualified constitutional justice who was taking Justice Kennedy's seat as effectively the swing vote, swing vote on the Supreme Court. It was never about, oh, we believe these women or, we, you know, we have to believe all women. It was all about a political attack. And now it's clear. They've got Joe Biden. He's taking a nap in his basement. Some people believe Tara Reid. Others don't. I think there's no way to argue that her allegations aren't credible and corroborated. That's just a fact. And, and the the approach of so many on the left you know you mentioned lisa bloom you also had the founder of politico tolchin oh my gosh yes explain that for those who missed it this is the founder of one of the most rabid left-wing websites out there politico what did he say just yesterday he said this is a former top 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 journalist a new york times journalist won a bunch of awards that journalists give each other because they all you know are so deserving of of many awards because they're so smart and they change the world in such ways but strangely surprisingly shockingly so many of them turn out to be far left liberals when they stop being journalists i mean i'm just shocked and appalled at that right so this guy writes an op-ed and says you know here's the deal i uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't really matter to me what what happened here with Tara Reid. Uh, I don't want an investigation into Joe Biden. I want, and this is literal. He said, I want a coronation yes. of Joe Biden. This is Martin Tolchin, again, one of the founders of Politico, which is, you know, Politico is sort of a modern day leading you know, political news organization. And here's one of its founders, one of its touchstones saying, it doesn't matter. I hate Donald Trump so much, I really don't care. Lisa Bloom's saying the same thing. And you have now this absolute dumpster fire in the liberal movement about what to do. And and people really have no idea. People are just completely betwixt and between (laughs) to what what to do, right? Does Joe Biden deserve a full pass? Do they want to, you know, these libs think, oh, maybe Joe Biden should just doesn't have to answer for it? Or, you know, Nancy Pelosi said, well, he answered, and Joe's Joe. Well, that's why I'm supporting Joe. All right, Nancy.
Okay, Nancy. No. By the way, I would if I were the Biden campaign, I'd say I'd ask Nancy Pelosi to never go on TV again. I mean, she's a horrible. Well, well you heard what she she said. What was it last night or today? She she was asked about uh, her support for Biden at the end of her uh, her very snippy response. She said. And that's the last time I'm answering that question. That's the Speaker of the House, Boris. I'm not talking about that, Ari Melber. And by the way, yeah, talk about home team. You're talking yeah, about a, right. a, a, to, to a former Democratic operative who worked for the Kerry campaign in 2004 in Ari Melber. And, you, and, and you're getting pissed off at him? Well, if that's your problem, you know, you got a lot, you got a lot more coming there, Speaker Pelosi. And, you know, you do have to give it to Mika Brzezinski. You know, she really hammered Biden. She did. And he. Yeah, but maybe just because she's a buddy of Hillary's. Well, maybe that, that, listen, that is absolutely possible. <laughs> or maybe because she got called out for 12, it was about maybe 15 hours from between they said they were going to do it and then Biden came on and Twitter was ablaze with, oh, look, the softballs are coming now. I tweeted that too, you know? Yes. And then, so maybe the MSNBC thought, hey, we can't just completely embarrass ourselves. So she pushed him and exactly what we thought would happen when he got pushed happened is he completely fell, I mean, completely fell apart. Now, well, it was, that, was dis- that was disastrous. Now, there's this whole thing out there in social media land of, of whataboutism. And, and I think it's a kind of a stupid criticism because a version of whataboutism is comparing and contrasting and its discernment. And, and I would like to ask the question right now, um, what would be the consequence if a, a leading conservative journalist, let, let's say, I don't know, a, a Molly Hemingway um, said, I wish to crown Donald Trump or a, um, a Sean Hannity or, or somebody of that ilk said, you know, um, I believe that uh, the president is a rapist, but I've got to vote for him to stop Joe Biden. What, what would be the consequences for those individuals in today's America, Boris? Oh, game over. Yeah, That's totally. It. Done. Totally. Finished. Totally. That's it. Game over. Complete attacks. 24-7 attacks. 24-7 obsession on media. Brian Stelter crying into his pillow because he just can't handle it anymore. It would be a total meltdown. It would be a total meltdown. It, there's a – exactly, you know, there's this – oh, well, that's what about us. It's not what about us. It's, it's, you know, the legal, a lot of legal scholarship is made on, on you know, precedent, right? And, and that's what it is, right? So stare decisis, precedent, comparing and contrasting, determining what's right and what's wrong. That's, that's how thinking is done. It's not about what about us. It's, it's right. about how is one side of the aisle treated in this country and how is the other side of the aisle treated, Okay. And there's no clearer, clearer contrast right now than the treatment of Justice Kavanaugh versus the treatment of sleepy, creepy Joe Biden. I mean, look at what Lisa Bloom said. Lisa Bloom said, you know what? Yeah, he's pretty handsy. I get it. I believe him. I believe it. You know, that sounds like Joe. And by the way, I really get those people who say, oh, well, this isn't in Joe Biden's character at all. How dare you suggest that it is? Are you nuts? Yeah, I've, I've you, seen it. I've seen it. I've seen that creepy, creepy character for myself with my own eyes as I right. regaled in our last podcast. I'm not going to regale you now. Listen to it. Listen to all 14 of them once we finish this one. Uh, I think it's going to get worse. And, and we have, as we're recording this, 180 days to go to the election. Uh, we have today the news that uh, uh, the uh, justice, Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is in hospital with an infection. That's going to make it even worse, isn't it, Boris? It's 
Well, first of all, we all wish Justice Ginsburg. Uh, well, of course, but but I'm talking about the, the crazies on the left. Cover the whole thing. The crazies on the left will do anything they can and anything they come up with to try and gain back power over that Supreme Court because they know that without that power, they cannot institute some of their absolutely mind-numbingly dumb policies that they want to have in place and some immoral policies, you know, late-term abortion and, um, and, and things like that. And, they, and all, the, all the kinds of things they want to federalize elections with, whether it's ballot harvesting, whether it's mail-in votes, they need the Supreme Court. Of course. And then let's not forget Obamacare. Let's not forget legalizing illegal immigration. They want control over the Supreme Court. That's what they want. And they don't have it right now because the American people elected President Trump and he's appointed two very strong constitutionalist justices in Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Right. And if he happens to have uh, another vacancy from whoever it is on the court. And yeah, everybody talks about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but there's others who could retire. You could see Sotomayor retire. You yeah. could see, you know, the, you, there's absolutely no way to know what, you know, truly what happens. I think we learned this year that there's really no use of predicting the future because nobody saw the coronavirus COVID-19 mess coming. But if the president gets an opportunity to have another appointment and he appoints somebody like a Amy Coney Barrett, which yes. is who I would support. Who would turn turn the skillet up to five thousand degrees and let's <laughs> rock and roll? Okay, we know Ma- mother of mostly mother of eight, mother of seven, impressive not, lady, impressive. They're not going to they're not going to attack her with the same nonsense they attacked Kavanaugh with. And let me tell you something: she is going to go in there, and that's going to open up the door to dealing with one of the worst decisions in the history of the Supreme Court, yeah. which is Roe v. Wade. And let's be, cl- let's be clear here. We, we don't have to get Bible bashing on, on the quality of that issue. We can talk about states' rights. We can talk about subsidiarity. And we can talk about, and you're the legal guy. You, you went to fancy schools for law. Yes. The, the, <laughs> the issue that the right to abort a fetus, to kill an embryo, is based upon privacy of information. I mean, that's just bad law, and that's what Roe v. Wade was based on. That's exactly right. So, And that's what I mean. So that's why it's one of the worst. I am not – I am pro-life. I believe in the sanctity of life, and I believe that, that, that abortion, especially late-term abortion, should be absolutely fully outlawed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Yeah, but it's just bad law. <laughs> putting all that aside, okay, putting all that aside, say that I had no opinion personally on wh- whether abortion is right or wrong. I do, and I think it's wrong outside of – rape, incest, and, and, and the actual health of the mother and the fetus, actual health, not mental health, real health, okay? So, and, you know, mental health is real too, but you know what I mean, the yes. actual survival. Right. The, uh, not, not the a, physical a, survival. Co- correct. The physical survival of the mother and the fetus, not a loophole that's so big that it eats up the, you know, the rest of the prohibition against uh, elective abortion. So, putting all that aside, if you look at the constitutionality of that agreement, of, of that decision. If you look at the legality, it makes no sense. And Justice Blackman, who wrote it, said we made it up. We made up the right to privacy. Yeah. They made it up completely. You know what they should have done? Is they should have just based it on due process. Because then you would have a little bit of a tougher time. You still would. But you have, there would be a more serious argument constitutionally on whether that is, that is something that can be, that, that whether prohibitions of abortion can be outlawed or not based on due process. You could have that discussion. You can't really have it based on the right to privacy because you know why? It doesn't exist. Right. And you can't have a constitutional argument over and, something that doesn't exist. And the right to exist. privacy is not the First Amendment. Can we be clear here? No, there's no, there's no such thing. There's no, you could read the Constitution until you're blue, blue in the face. Yeah. 
and you're not going to see a right to privacy. And you could even read the the documents around with the Federalist Papers and other do- You could read the connecting documents, the documentation around the Constitution. You could read later decisions by court after court after court. You're not going to find it. An overly aggressive, overly liberal court did this, and that's what happened. Yeah. Bad, bad law that led to tens of millions of Americans being killed and true Holocaust for the black American population, if you look at the figures. What was that poster, that, that massive billboard in New York uh, a couple of years ago? The most dangerous place for a black child today is in her mother's womb, and that's facilitated by, yeah, by Roe v. Wade. Um, let, let's get back to the topic I, I skipped over too quickly, and that's we are here, the battle for 1600. It's about the election. It's about who uh, will be our president, whether we, God willing, can get Donald Trump re-elected as our president for a second term. What's happening on the Democrat side? I was just making a short list. So uh, your colleague, uh, my friend, our friend, Brad Pascal, uh, re- I don't know if it's exactly the same video, but, but just uh, today or yesterday, they re- reposted this summary, this video summary of all the lies Joe Biden said on camera with regards to his academic professional background and then what was dug out as the truth. So here we have the the, the video in which he said decades ago that when he went to school, he was at the top of his class when he graduated. He had a full scholarship and he left college with not one degree, not two degrees, but three degrees, which later were all proven to be false. He did not end in the top of his class. He did not have a full scholarship, and he only left college, surprise, surprise, with one degree, not three. Now, beyond that, it's not in that video, but we can add to the fact that the last time uh, he had a disastrous campaign, he withdrew when he was caught red-handed having given a speech that was a word-for-word, had sections of it literally lifted word-for-word from the then Labour, the British Labour Party chairman, Neil Kinnock's speech, including personal elements about <laughs> going strolling down to the coal mine when he was a kid. Neil Kinnock was born in Wales. He came from a, a coal mining family, literally lifting Passage by passage, he was caught red-handed, had to be excluded, uh, had to withdraw his campaign. Not to mention, not just the lies, the Ukraine scandal, getting the prosecutor fired, uh, extorting U.S. aid uh, because his son was being investigated by Ukrainian prosecutor. His son's involvement with the Chinese government after he flies to Beijing with his father on Air Force Two gets a $1.5 billion deal from the Bank of China for a field he's never, ever worked in before. And then on and on and on, his comments about China, how China's not a competitor, we shouldn't worry about China. I, I just have, I'm, I'm sorry, that's just a snapshot, Boris. How is this the Democrat nominee designate of the Democrat Party for president? I was just going to say that. I can't, it, it's unbelievable. It is and unbelievable. That's just a partial list, Boris. That's the, a partial is, list. And let's not forget the fact that he's losing his mind. Yes, his physical uh, incapacity mentally. He's just not compass mentis. And then you have, you have his, his flunkies giving him political cover in the mainstream media saying... He do, he's doing really great as long as he doesn't talk and he's in his basement. It's like a parody. 
It, it actually reminds me of the Soviet Union of the early <laughs> 80s, right? When yeah. they had Brezhnev. Chernenko. Then, uh, Chernenko. Andropov. Exactly. Right, 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 yeah, right. Chernenko had an office set up in his hospital room. And he goes, oh, he's doing great. He was, what was he, Secretary General for about three minutes before he died, and the next one had to be rolled out on a gurney. It was just, it, it, it was, it was, these, it was succession of these, you know, decrepit old men that they had, and 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 that's what they're trying to do with Joe. Joe just stuck down there in that basement. He can't say two words right. The other, I think, in the last twenty-four hours, he said the problem with the pandemic is that the president can't have intercourse with other countries. <laughs> All right, economic Joe. intercourse. Yeah, what like your son had with China and the National Bank of the Communist Regime. That kind of economic intercourse, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a. He's a disastrous kid. But how, I, I, don't want, I don't want to make excuses, but you've worked on campaigns. You've worked in the White House. Can you – I'm an immigrant as well, so I can't, doesn't, I can't use that excuse. Can you explain it as one immigrant to another? How does a nation of 330 million people with only two political parties end up with that guy as the presumptive nominee – for their party. It, what, what, what happened there? Because I don't believe the conspiracy theorists. Are, oh, there's a big plan. Hillary's going to come in or Michelle's going to come in the last minute, swoop it up, 25th Amendment. This is their candidate, Boris. How on earth did that happen in America? Because the adults have left the Democratic Party. Yes. The adults have gone on. They've said, you know what? We don't need this woke nonsense. We don't need any of this this ridiculousness, you know, the Green New Deal and, you know, the universal, universal strike that right. AOC is calling for, universal health care. The adults don't want to deal with that. The adults want to do business. They want to be successful. They want to grow the country. And they want to be honest about the realities of life. Yes, not everybody's going to be rich, people. It's the United States of America. It's not the communist regime of China, and it's not the Soviet Union. We can't promise everybody everything, okay? Because let me tell you something firsthand, and you experienced it too in a communist country, it just doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work. So the adults have left, and then and, and what's behind? You've got who were the leaders in this last the, the primary? You got Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> okay, who is a nobody's nobody. You've got it's, it's, it's easy. It's funny, isn't it? Funny how these people have just disappeared. Oh, Marianne Williamson, Peter Boot Edge Edge. You know these people who are. Fa- oh, oh! Don't forget our favorite Boris. Come on, Swalwell. No, not President Swalwell. Michael Avenatti. Oh well, she was already president, right? I, or, well, yeah. I mean, hadn't he crowned him? Hadn't CNN crowned him? Hadn't Stelty, our friend Stelty at CNN, crowned yeah. him? Whiny Stelter had Avenatti on a show, was talking about him, how, how serious of a candidate, of a, <laughs> of a contender he was. Yeah, um, maybe Stelter is now going to be visiting Avenatti in prison. Who knows? You know, <laughs> he's going to be bringing him, you know, bringing him some snacks or something like that. Indeed. Quote unquote snacks. Yes. From the pantry. So, 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 so explain, to, explain to me. So this is the adults leaving the room. And, and I don't know if it's enough of an explanation, but I, I, I use the phrase, it's the lazy default setting. He was vice president. He'd been a senator 40 years. And it's kind of, it's the best explanation I can come up with, that it's the unthinking kind of sleepwalking, uh, semi-automated response of the DNC. Is that, is that enough to explain it? Or, or should I be looking I, for look, more? He placed fifth in New Hampshire, right? Look right. Who was, look who was above him. You had, uh, you had Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. You had Elizabeth Warren, who was just a a disastrous candidate. 
right? Right. You had Amy, you had Amy Klobuchar. I mean, these are these are not people who were serious candidates. And then who did Yang beat him in New, ha- in, in New Hampshire? Or who I else beat him? Klobuchar. I don't know. It was War- it was Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Klobuchar for sure. And then there was one more. I mean, these people are such, you know, there's such nobodies. You start forgetting. You, you, you can't forget. can't remember them, right? Yeah, you start forgetting about them. You know, so that's that's what you know. That's what the Democratic Party of 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 today is, and it's it's very it's very sad. It's very sad to look at. It's very sad to consider because you know there used to be serious people. You know, Tip O'Neill was a super serious politician. You know. Right. Um, you know, oh wait, we forgot Bernie Sanders, of course, Comrade Bernie was the other one. <laughs> right. Like, how can we? Well, you know why? Because he's not a Democrat. That's yes, what we forgot. Right. He's Bernie's a Bolshevik. A he's a Bolshevik. He's a Bolshevik. Right. You know, so you got Bolshevik Bernie, and then you had Buttigieg, Warren, and Klobuchar, and then you had Biden. And yes, you know, all this seriousness has left the Democratic Party. You know, you had you've got you had Bernie Sanders, who was really the the true preferred choice of the voters before whoever it was pushing the buttons over there, the DNC, be it Obama or actually Tom Perez, forced everybody to drop out between South Carolina and Super Tuesday, and then Joe Biden came in to your exact point as the sleepy default, and that is exactly, exactly, exactly what it was. There's no there's no two ways about it. Now. Uh, You've really hit on something here, and this is why we have this podcast. Because you know, TV is is bad enough. When when you go on Fox, I go on Fox, we go on Sinclair or whatever. You know, you, you get maybe three minutes to discuss a big issue. On our radio show, you get at least fifteen, maybe more, but but not a lot. On a podcast, we can chat for an hour, and that's why people love it. And we get the texts. We get the DMs. You guys love this show. So we appreciate your support. Tell everybody else about it because this is our opportunity together. Boris is right. Don't tell his wife, but we don't sit down and and do massive amounts of show prep because we don't need to. We live this stuff. We are political beasts. We love it. We follow it. We're plugged in. We have access to the White House, to the campaign. We love the American people who support my show, who watch Boris on TV. So please spread the word. Battle for 1600. Give us a review. Go to iTunes. Give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating. We'd love for you to show what you think of, of, of this program. Now, the reason we do this is because we get a chance to go a little bit deeper. And you just said something monumentally significant from the point of view of the election. The grown-ups, and I don't mean, it's not pejorative. Um, I think it's the grown-ups, it's the adults, it's the non-extremists, okay? The rational non-extremists have left the party. Uh, who was it? Was the it Democratic Party, the Democratic absolutely. Party. So it, I think it was Reagan who said it originally. I think Reagan, when he, when he became a Republican, he'd been a lifelong Democrat all through his time as an actor, as chairman, as the president of the Screen Actors Guild. He was a Democrat. And then he said, I didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party me. Leave, it left me. And, and right. now the same thing is happening on steroids. You saw it. I saw it when I was in the White House going to rallies with the president on Air Force One and seeing... Manual laborers from places like, you know, Steel Valley, Ohio, Democrats whose parents and grandparents had been Democrats, screaming USA, USA for the president. That's the phenomena. Now, here's the question for you, Boris. 180 days to go. It looks as if you're right. Thanks to AOC. 
thanks to Bernie, thanks to the, the screeching extremists, the Rashida Talebs, the, the Nancy oh, Pelosi. We haven't said that word in a while. I know. Can you, please, do, do it the way you do it. I love the way you do it. Are you asking me to name the one of the most pro-terrorist members of the House? Anti-Semitic poster girl. What's her name? Her name is Rashida Tlaib. There you go. The man's got it. The man's got it. Whether it's her, whether it's Bolshe Bernie Sanders, they have caused normal American Democrats who aren't extremists to disconnect. To yes. Maybe not make a big deal out of leaving the party and deregistering, but just to disconnect from that party. My question to you is, we have less than 200 days left. Uh, we've got six months to go. What are those people going to do in 180 days? Are they going to sit on the sideline? Are they going to stay at home? Are they going to write in Pete Boot Edge Edge? Uh, and, and what is the challenge? You are now an advisor. You're on the advisory board of the Trump 2020 campaign. I'm so saddened. I'm sad. I'm gutted. Half of me is crying. The other half of me is laughing uproariously that Kaylee Mackin and he's left the campaign. But wow, what a great choice great for, job, yeah. for press secretary in the White House. Her first day last week crushed it. Totally in control, in command, brought her little baby daughter in. It was lovely. So what is the plan inside the campaign? Or what just let, let me just ask the Baron, let me ask Boris's take. What happens to that group of Democrats who clearly is there, that's disconnected, detached from this crazy radicalized, anti-Semitic, corrupt, green new steel a Democrat party? What's going to happen to them and how do you connect with them? There's a huge schism, a huge schism. And the Democratic Party. And the problem is that both sides are being turned off. You've got the, to your point, the sort of the traditional Democrats, right? Where you think of the blue-collar Michigan, Ohio, yes. Pennsylvania Democrats. They're being turned off by, as you said, the, the far-left craziness of Bolshevik Bernie, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar. The, the, that's not anything that these people want to do with. Don't forget. There's, there are few more patriotic people than the workers this, of the steel mills. Oh, the my coal gosh. Plants, yeah. The I mean, they're the people who built America. They're the people who fought for America. Correct. And so they, they want America to be number one. They don't want for America to be another, just another country in this conglomeration of equality and all that nonsense. Okay? So th- those people are turned off by the Democratic Party. But Joe Biden isn't cultivating them because guess what? He's trying to link himself to the far left. Yes. But the far left's never going to trust them, and now he's got this allegation against them. So, the, you know, sure, the leaders of the Me Too movement may not be huge fans of his, but, and, 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 and you know, they still may, they may not be fans of his, but they may go with him because they, you know, are hypocrites, let's be honest. Yes. Okay? But the rank and file aren't just going to get over it. They're not just going to say, oh, you know what? Eh, that Joe's Joe and he's Joe and, and you know, the Nancy Pelosi quote. No, the, he, he has t- managed to maybe in some way unite the Democratic Party in breaking it apart and breaking it apart and making it both sides or all sides of the party distrust Joe Biden. But you use a very powerful word. Um, I love the phrase, the conglomeration of equality. But you use the phrase schism, and that's a very strong word. My fear is the following, and, and I'm just using you as, you know, the sanity check, that 
we are always at a disadvantage as conservatives, whatever brand of conservatives we are, when it comes to collective action politically, we're always disadvantaged because we don't think collectively. Our ideology, our worldview is not a collectivist one. It's predicated on the individual, on rugged individualism, on liberty. Therefore, we don't function as as a mob. We don't function as a collective, as a hive like the left does. So my question to you is, um, is it really a schism? Because what I fear is, and we've seen this before, when we get to that day in November, that there'll just be such party loyalty that they won't be excited about Biden. They may even think he's a rapist, but they're just going to hold their nose, go into that booth and and tick the box for Joe Biden. Are, are you seeing any signs that that established brand loyalty that I'm thinking uncompromising brand loyalty, which typifies the way a leftist collectively thinks is that really is that is that fraying at the edges? Is it splintering, Boris? Yes, because you have to still get motivated to go. Right. So these people who are not excited by Joe Biden are just not going to get motivated. If somebody again is a mainline Democrat who loves America, loves what it stands for, doesn't want it to be a conglomeration of equals, right? Doesn't want it to be another, uh, another, another Versailles Pact, right? Doesn't, you know, doesn't want the United States to just be another country in the League of Nations. A Weimar Republic on right, the edge Weimar, of collapse. Exactly. Right. If those people, or, or on the verge of fascism, right? Right. What, exactly. Left, leftist fascism. Yes. Let's not forget that. Yes. Well, well, fascism comes from the left. Correct. If you actually know your history, Mussolini was a flipping socialist. He right. invented fascism. Fasces is the symbol he came up with, and he was a hardcore leftist. Sorry. We, we always end up talking about history, don't we, Boris? <laughs> history, history educates us yes. as to the future, right? Totally. History is not an indication, is not a correct prediction of the future, but History is absolutely, absolutely an education of the future. What did Mark Twain said? He, he said, it doesn't repeat itself, but my, it sure rhymes. Exactly. It sure rhymes. I love that. It sure rhymes. There's no, yeah, there's no doubt about it. So if you, look at the, if you look at the history of it, that's what the, the leftists pushed for, for this tyranny, right? The tyranny, that, that's what the book 1984 is all yes. about. Yes. The tyranny of the left. And so if you look at the mainline Democrats, they don't want nothing to do with that. They want America. They want the best of America. They're, they're the, effectively the JFK, you know, the Kennedy Democrats, or yes. even the Bill, the Bill Clinton Democrats who, you know, want a strong country, want, uh, want positive trade, who don't want to, tra- you know, give away American goods, who want America to be the beacon of the world. And that's why those people are either going to be supporting Donald Trump or staying home in huge droves. Sure, some will just, you know, by inertia, go and vote Democrat because they always have. But I am not worried that it's going to be overwhelming. And then you've got the Bernie bros who came out for President Trump in a big way in 2016, and I think will again. And again, now you have the Me Too movement. Even though explain, leaders- explain that last one because that's important because some people might, might go, hey, what did he just say? The Bernie bros who supported the president. Why did they do that? They did it because the president stands for the only the only common sense policies that Bernie Sanders ever has ever put out, which is fair trade for America. Right. Which is making sure that American jobs stay in America, protecting American jobs, protecting American manufacturing. 
and that speaks again to the Bernie Bros, and in, in that way they are then connected to the mainline Democrats. And then don't forget again about the Me Too movement. Even though the leaders may be betraying it and and just you know saying Joe Biden is our best shot, even though that's ludicrous as it is. Joe Biden's our best shot. We hate Donald Trump so bad. Orange man bad. We we're going to back him, even though we believe Joe Biden did this or think it's credible. The, the the rank and file of the movement isn't going to go with that. Americans sense hypocrisy, right? Yeah. Sure, you've got some people who you you wonder how they wake up in the morning. You know, uh, uh, that, uh, Jennifer Rubin to me is a good example of that. I look at her Twitter account. That's and der- I think but she's myself, deranged. How does that person look at herself in the mirror? How does she wake up in the morning? She'll tweet. You know, two years ago she was tweeting that. Uh, uh, you know, the, the focus should be on the accused, not the accuser. The, the, the burden is on the accused. And now she's tweeting 180 degree opposite. But, you know, we're supposed to think that she's a normal human being? Come on. No, no. All right, so th- I could discuss these issues with you for hours. Let, let's cut to the chase. Let's, let's ask the most important question before you wrap up today. Please follow this man, Boris EP, on Twitter, breakfastwithboris.com for his regular updates. I'm Sebastian Gorka, sebgorka.com on Twitter, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com. Check out uh, the reviews page. Please give us a review. Send word of this. Spread the news on the podcast, uh, The Battle for 1600. And don't forget... Our show where Boris appears every week. It is my daily Salem program, 3 to 6 East Coast, every single day, Monday to Friday. It's called America First with me, Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Trump. You can get it 24-7 on Cycle at our website, sebgorka.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. That's sebgorka.com. Boris, most important question. You're all right there. You're in the thick of it. You're advising the campaign. You've worked on campaigns. You've worked at the White House with this president. How do we talk as conservatives? This isn't just about the campaign. It's about you. It's about me. It's about surrogates. It's about people who want the president to get a second term. How do we talk to those people? How do we connect to those people who feel that the Democrat Party has left them? And is there any change in the content? And this is why I love doing this show, because I haven't told you I'm going to ask this question, but I, I like to feed off you you know, in on the spur of the moment, is there anything that's ch- changed or been exaggerated or we need to enhance in that message to those people that we can bring over as a result of the last two months and the Chinese coronavirus? Yes, there is something that changed. And what changed is, is an, a, another underscoring of the danger of China and of the danger of the closeness of the left with China. I mean, you had Adam Schiff attacking the president for pointing that pointing out that China is the culprit here, Adam Schiff yeah. was just you know has TDS from here to to you know, Timbuktu. So and of course we have to everybody has to know about Joe Biden and his family's his son Hunter Biden's closeness with China. So the fact that China either created this virus and let it slip out, let it by accident or however it was, slip out of a Wuhan lab, or even if it was created organically, covered up the presence of the virus. And as Navarro said, seeded the world with it when it allowed its citizens to travel the globe, which I think is a good, you know, description. Yeah, and and Peter Navarro hit it right right on the head with that. China should have stopped travel outward. outward. They knew what was happening. 
but they didn't care. And now there's a bunch of strange things going on. I don't know if you saw this. There's a scientist at the University of Pittsburgh who was making a lot of progress on COVID-19 and now has been killed in a murder-suicide. I don't know if you saw that. I did I'm not. not a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm seeing some of that pop up on Twitter. and it's uh, There's it's, a lot of conspiracy stuff out there. I'm going to be addressing it today on the show, but I'm going to check out that story. University of Pittsburgh, you said? Yes, University of Pittsburgh, okay. murder-suicide. I mean, it's, it, it's unbelievable. It's, you know, it's something I'm not saying is connected, but I'm saying we should, we should figure out what's going on, and there's no doubt that China... Has been trying to infiltrate America for a long time. We Decades. know about the drones. We know about their intelligence program. China is our real enemy. China is a true adversary. You know, of course, the left has been crying and screaming about oh, collusion this and collusion that in terms of Russia. And Russia is an adversary, but China dwarfs Russia. And that is important to your question to tell Americans that if the Democrats are in power. They are not going to be strong on China because, because guess what? We already wow. know this, Barack Obama oh was weak on Boris, China. You're genius. You're genius. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I, I'm not. Look, I'm not a political operator. I'm a strategy guy, a national security guy. But I've been around guys like you and the president long enough to understand the importance of simplicity and clarity when it comes to strategic communications. And, and I think. I mean, the best case study is our old boss, the president. I mean, he won, not with some massive campaign platform with 312 elements. He said, make America great again, immigration reform, the economy, and national security. I mean, that was, that was it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's what propelled him into the White House. And you've just nailed it. We, we have the remaining mission of you know, make America great again, rebuild America after the, the coronavirus, the Chinese virus. But what you just said, that's the political kill shot for re-election when it comes to defeating the Democrats. If, if you really understand what happened to us, the culpability of China, all you need to know is there's only one person who's going to take China seriously and keep us safe. And it bloody well isn't Joe Biden or any right. Democrat. Any Democrat. It's not going to be Hillary Clinton. No. Wow. Boris, you better get into campaign headquarters stat. I want to see you briefing everybody up there, all the big wigs, the mucky mucks. Got to send, I'm going to send this message to the president as well. That I don't know if you got that from somebody else or the spur no. of the moment. It's a battle Just for 16. It's the juices of battle for 1600 podcast that made that happen. My gosh, I think you nailed it, Boris. That's the message. I, 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 don't you agree? I do. I, Democrats. Don't you agree with yourself, Boris? How clever you are! I think. Hey, you know what? I'm. I'm clever. I'm handsome. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're a I gentleman could, and a scholar. I, I'm and a, a baron. <laughs> I'm a baron. That's exciting, right? <laughs> Maybe I could be a professional athlete. Who knows? But in all seriousness, I appreciate that you're agreeing with me in that if we allow for the Democrats to win, yeah. that is enabling China to continue that's attacking it. America. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, that's golden. That That is sterling stuff. Or right. I guess maybe it's worth a call over the switchboard to, uh, to, to let the President of the United States you, know. What do you think? I think uh, we know the number. I think we have to. I'll, I'll be sending that message, crediting you. I know you have your ways to contact the big man, but I think we found it. Brad needs to know it. Kaylee needs to know it. Dan Scavino, our buddy, who's now... 
Congratulations, Dan. Deputy yes. Chief of Staff to well the President. Deserved. Well, well deserved. And we all send it to Mark Meadows as well. Boris, well done, my friend. Well done. I appreciate it. That's what happens when we get talking. Yes. Right? You get talking. And, and you're and, not even and, in studio with Don't tell anybody, but he's not in studio with me. He's comrexing in. And that's how good it still is. The battle for 1600. The juices are flowing, just as you said. <laughs> that's what it is. We, get, we turn the brain power on, and, and some, that's what some, happens. sometimes good things come out. But to those listening and those watching on YouTube, do not underestimate how dangerous it is yeah. for the Democrats to be able to be weak on China if they get control of the White House and the Senate and keep control of the House. The, President Trump is the only thing standing between America and America bending down to China. All right, I'm going to end on an audio cut because I meant to use it earlier on and it's just too much fun. You've been listening to me, Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Trump, host of America First, and my good buddy, former special assistant to President Trump. Uh, he is on the advisory board of the Trump 2020 campaign. Boris Epstein, following Boris EP on Twitter, and me, Seb Gorka. This was the president just a couple of days ago talking about never-Trumpers. We don't mention never-Trumpers a lot, but this was just golden. Thank you, my friends. Spread the word. Give us a good review. And let's close on the president. I guess they don't like me, but let me just tell you, these are losers from day one. Guys like Bill Crystal. He's, been, he's 0 and 32. George Conway, you take a look at him. Just take a look at that guy. The man's a stone-cold loser. So they should not call it the Lincoln Project. It's not fair to Abraham Lincoln, a great president. They should call it the Losers Project. Okay, thanks. God bless you, Boris. Thank you. (laughs) God bless. That was a blast. Thanks so much. Everyone stay safe. And let's keep working. Let's get President Trump reelected in November. It's only one choice. Thanks, Boris. Thank you, my friend.